Friday, everyone. We made it through another week. Welcome to Life in the Leo. I'm your host, Rebecca Dengrove. This week, in honor of Easterns, Westerns, and J.O. Nationals, I thought it would provide some insight into what goes into creating an optional routine. Hope you enjoy. Let me first start by explaining what J.O. Nationals, Easterns, and Westerns are. Basically, when you get to, when you compete in J.O., in the J.O. program, you might start at like level two or three, you progress your way up through the levels, and eventually, if you make it to level nine, you have the opportunity to qualify to compete at Easterns or Westerns, which is the top championship meet that you would qualify for. You first go to states, then regionals, and then Easterns and Westerns. Basically, at level nine, they decide to cut the country in two, and that's why you have two championship meets. If you make it all the way through the sport and end up competing as a level 10, you can go even further. There you go, states, you know, you do all your local meets or whatever. Eventually you compete at states, then you might have regionals. Uh, After states, you would have regionals. And then finally, JO Nationals, where you're competing against the top level 10s in the entire country. So that's just some background on what those meets are. And at the end of the season here, they're the championship meets for those levels. And it's really an exciting time of the year for those kids. They've worked really hard to get there. And it's really time for them to shine and show off their be- the best of what they can do. So let's start with vault. I want to just explain level 9 has a different set of vault start values than level 10. Basically, like... Um, I think a laid out, you know, some of the vaults that would be a 10-0 start value in level 9 are actually only like a 9-7 start value in level 10. But one of the things that's really cool in level 10 is you can actually get bonus on vault. And so you can score higher than a 10.0. So that's why at JO Nationals or some of the meets you've been to earlier in the year, you might actually see kids getting 10s on vault. And that's because their vault has bonus and they can ultimately score like a 10.1, which is pretty crazy. That's kind of all I'm going to go into on vault today. The one thing I do want to say is how do you know what the vault starts from? Well, if you look at the judges tables, they typically have a flash card thing on the table that will say the the start value. So it might say like nine seven, nine eight, nine nine, ten. And that's how you know what the vault starts from. One of the areas where it might be confusing is if you think you're doing a vault in one body shape and the judges might see it as a different body shape and not give you the credit of the vault you were going for. So if you were doing if you were trying to do a laid out Yurichenko and the judges called it a pike you might see a lower start value, but you may actually end up with a higher score because the shape of that pike might be cleaner than if you got the extra, you know, 10th in the start value, but the amount you'd lose in body shape could be greater. So that's some of the nuances of the judging, but that's where you would look for that start value. And that holds true on all the events. You'll, you'll actually see in level nine and 10, you should see it in levels six through 10. The judges should have a flash flash thingy on their table or somebody you know with the score next somewhere there it should be visible the start value it might be too hard to see from the stands but if you see them flashing some set of numbers that's what's going on they're actually flashing that start value now on bars beam and floor they're they're sort of grouped together with the next set of things that I'm going to explain so the way that coaches and gymnasts put routines together there's sort of there's three parts to it at level nine and ten you have 
your special requirements, you have your value parts, and you have your bonus, okay? Those things are, those concepts are the same on bars, beam, and floor. So let's start there. First, you have your value parts. In level nine, you're required to have, at a minimum, three A's, four B's, and one C. And in level 10, you're required to have, at a minimum, three A's, three B's, and two C's. Each skill has a designated value. So like a cartwheel is an A, a round off is an A. Um, those are skills on floor. On beam, a cartwheel is still an A, but a round off is a B. On bars, a kip is an A, a giant is a B. So, you know, there's different tricks have different value parts. The more difficult the skill, the higher the value part. Some things that you might think look less, look easier, could actually be much rewarded a much higher or more difficult value part credit. In level 10, you're actually allowed to compete skills that are valued at D's and E's. And this is the only time in the JO program where skills with that high of a value part actually receive their true value. And I'll get into that a little bit later. That ties more into the bonus, rewarding of bonus and things like that. Those are the value parts. Then you also have four special requirements on every event. So let me take you through those four special requirements. Let's start with bars. In level nine, the special requirements on bars are two bar changes, a C flight or B long access turn, so like a handstand half pirouette, a B different flight element, and a B dismount. In level 10, you're required a C flight, a second different B flight, a C long axis turn, and a C dismount. So, and each of those special requirements on every event is worth five tenths. If you're missing a special requirement, then that's immediately five tenths off your start value. What is, you know, like two bar changes? That means like, did you go from the low bar to the high bar back to the low bar? That's two bar changes. Did you go high bar, low bar, high bar? You know, most likely if you start on the low bar and you go low, high, low, high, you actually have multiple, more than two bar changes, but that's what that bar change requirement is. Something like a C flight, that would be like a straddle back to handstand or an overshoot from handstand would be a C. If it lands in handstand, it's a D. Other things that are C flight that people are doing, when they go on the low bar and you do sort of like a half toe circle and you shoot up and catch the high bar and you straddle your legs with sort of that hecked action, that's a C flight. A second, in level nine, you need a B different flight um, or a B LA turn. Well, a B different flight, that would be the overshoot is not from handstand. It's just a regular overshoot or regular straddle back. B, you know, the CLA turn, a handstand half pirouette is a CLA turn, a blind change. So if they're on the high bar and they're doing like a giant and as they cut, as you swing to the top of your giant, you do that half turn where you release one arm and you reach over, that skill is called a blind change. So that's a, an example of a CLA turn. And then a B dismount for level nine, that would be like a flyaway full. In level 10, you need a C dismount. That's like a double back. So those are basic skills that sort of compose those routines. On beam, 
In level nine, the requirements are an acro series, a 180 degree leap or jump, a full turn, and a B salto dismount. And in level 10, you need an acro series with a C, a 180 degree leap or jump, a full turn, and a C dismount, or you can do a B dismount as long as it's directly connected to a C acro or dance, a C acro or dance or acro series with C acro element. If you did like a switch leap gainer pike off the end of the beam, that would be okay. Or if you do a side aerial into a full, that would be, meet the requirement for level 10. Let's go through them. In level nine, an acro series, back handspring, back handspring, round off back handspring, back walk over a nodi. Those are examples of acro series. In level 10, the acro series requires a C. So one arm back handspring is a C. You can do one arm back handspring, back handspring, back handspring layout, step out. That's typically what you see. You might see kids do back handspring layout, step out, layout, step out, or back handspring, back handspring layout. You know, three part series, all of that still meets that requirement. The 180 degree leap or jump, that's the same for both level nine and 10. So like a switch leap, a straddle jump, a split jump, a ring jump, anything where you're showing that split position is required. Full turn is the same for both levels. That's pretty straightforward. I think everybody starts doing full turns in level four. And then the dismount. I explained the, the dismount for level 10, basically like a round off one and a half twist, or you could do a side aerial into a full and you would meet the requirement. In level nine, you required a B salto dismount. So um, a round off full, um, a gainer layout off the side of the beam. Um, those are some examples. I'm trying to think. A front pike off the end would not meet the requirement. That's only an A, and so that would be like a good level eight dismount. And finally, going to floor. So in level nine on floor, you have a two salto pass or series, three different saltos in the routine, a dance pass with a 180 degree leap, and a B salto dismount. So basically, your last tumbling pass that has a salto is considered your B salto dismount. In level 10, the same. Two salto pass or series, three different saltos, a dance pass with a 180 degree leap, and here the difference is that last salto dismount needs to be a C and not a B. So a two salto pass or series, front handspring, front layout, front pike. You see that a lot. Or front handspring, front full, front layout. You might also see round off whip, back handspring, one and a half twist, or round off back handspring, one and a half twist, punch front. All of those are examples of two salto series. Three different saltos. So I've named a bunch of different saltos that people do in the routines. Front flips or back flips, different shapes, different levels of twist, create different saltos. You do a double back, you do a front layout, you do a front full, you've got three different saltos. If you do a one and a half twist, if you do a double twist, and you do a full, that's three different saltos. Even though they're not very different, there's still three different saltos and would meet the requirement. The dance pass with a 180 degree leap. Basically, you have to do a dance passage that you can't just do two jumps in a row. You can't 
it has to be off a one foot takeoff. So it can be a switch leap or a switch side or a split leap into another split leap. Um, but something has to show that leaping action and hit 180 degrees to meet the requirement. And then finally, the, the final salto dismount. Skills in level nine that are considered a B, front layout, a back full. In level 10, it's a C salto dismount, so a front full, a one and a half twist, a double twist. Those are all C saltos. And then the third component that makes up the start value of these routines, actually at this point, if you have all your special requirements, so the four special requirements on each event met, and you have all your value parts, your A's, B's, and C's met, as a level nine, at this point, your routine would start from a nine seven, and as a level 10, your routine would start from a nine five. So to get that routine up to a 10.0, what you need to do is you need to get bonus. In level nine, since D's and E's aren't recognized for their value, they're devalued and only receive C value part, the only thing you can do in level nine is receive connective value or connection value. So basically by putting certain combinations of skills together based on the rules, you can receive connection value and you need three tenths on each event. In level 10, you actually do get credit for D and E difficulty value. So if you perform skills at that high of a level of difficulty that it's a D or E value skill, what happens is you get bonus for doing that skill. Now you also need to do connective value bonus in level 10. So to get that five tenths of bonus to start from a 10, if all you do is like connection bonus and the most difficult skill you have is valued at a C, you're still not gonna start from a 10. You might have like eight tenths of connection value bonus, but all you'll get credit for is four tenths. You have to have bonus from both categories, connection value and difficulty value to receive that 10-0 start value. Same thing goes for difficulty value. If you have eight tenths of difficult skills, like all you're doing in your routine is D's and E's, it doesn't matter. All at the max you can receive is that four tenths of bonus. So that's kind of all I wanted to explain tonight was just, you know, give you the framework of how these routines are put together, some of the thought that goes into it, the skill difficulty requirements that are expected at these levels, just some basic understanding of how these routines come together. Now there are other things that these routines are judged on. So things like artistry, dynamics, the composition. So are all the difficult skills performed at the beginning or um, are they all the same type of skills? So on floor, if all the difficulty in the tumbling is coming from twisting and there's no flipping, so like a level 10 that doesn't maybe doesn't do a double back but does a two and a half twist, a whip to a double twist, and then ends with a one and a half twist punch front. You know, there's some composition stuff going on in there. So those are some of the other things that we're looking at. Distribution, are you using the entire floor? Are you moving across the entire beam? Are you swinging on both bars, right? There's, there's a lot more that goes into these routines that really separate out the top routines from the ones that are, you know, just meeting the requirements. But in terms of the requirements, I hope that the information I shared with you tonight gave you some foundation to understand what you're looking at when you go watch and cheer on your teammates, or even when you're watching your kids compete and, and, and trying to understand why they might not always be starting from a 10-0 every week. Maybe they did all their skills, but they broke their connection. Or maybe 
the other thing with bonus, oh, one of the things that I didn't mention, if you fall on a bonus connection or on a difficult skill where you're hoping to get bonus, that bonus is not awarded. So you might do your back handspring layout, step out layout, step out on beam and fall on the second layout. And as a result, you don't get the full bonus um, connection value that you were going for. And so you might not start from a 10. Another example would be like on bars, you do a giant full into a double back for your dismount and you are hoping to get difficulty value and connection value. So you get the, the difficulty value on the giant full, which is a D, but you lose the connection value because you fell on the double back. And so you might not start from a 10. So even though you hit all your requirements in terms of getting the, the special requirements, the value parts, going for the bonus, you didn't actually execute the bonus combination to its potential, and so it's not rewarded. Hopefully that makes sense. I know it's a lot of information to unpack. As the routines get more difficult, it's a little bit harder to understand, you know, all the things that are being looked at. And I hope that this, this helped out. Again, I hope you guys found this info interesting and helpful. Please email me or comment on my Instagram, our Instagram Rebecca's Mom Leo or our leotard.com website. We post a blog post with some pictures and other stuff there and the audio for this podcast there. So you can always leave a comment on the blog post on the website or you can just email me Rebecca at leotard.com and let us know what you think. Did you, did you enjoy this? Did you find it helpful? Do you want more information? Do you like when I do these types of informative podcasts or do you prefer just the straight up interviews? And if you like the interviews, let me know who you want to hear who you'd like me to chat with. Also, please rate and review this podcast in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It really helps. It helps people find the podcast and it just gives me the feedback I need to continue to try to make it even better. And finally, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Good luck to everyone competing at Easterns and Westerns this weekend and at JO Nationals next weekend. Have fun, stay focused, and like always, don't forget to point your toes. Thank you.